Hello, everyone. Thank you for being with us today as we continue our story, our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're glad to have you with us. We're in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. I'm telling you that this is going to be a very difficult passage for us today because it's going to hit at some of our hearts. It's going to make us think about our own lives. And so let's get right into it. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. And let me read those for you. It says this. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever mur murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. That's the passage we're dealing with this morning. Let me ask you a question. Who are those that you have hurt the most? Think about that. When you think about your own life, who are those you have hurt the most? When I think about my own life, it's those that I'm closest to. My children, my spouse, Deb, my wife. I think about those times that I have hurt them deeply. I'm not, not proud of that. I'm ashamed of that. And yet there's been this, always been this forgiveness. There's always been that reconciliation to bring us back together when things have happened. It's not always usually the case. And when we think about this passage, we're going to think about this in a couple of different ways. We're going to talk about the progression of anger, and then we're going to talk about how to reconcile with one another. But let me just say this right up front. We're not talking about forgiveness here. And forgiveness is key even to reconciliation. And we'll talk about it a little, but not a lot. And so that's going to come later in our sermon series because that's exactly what's going to come up in uh, Matthew chapter 6 verses 14 through 15 right after Jesus is sermon, uh, his prayer the Lord's prayer after he, he teaches his disciples how to pray and after that we're going to talk about forgiveness because that's what Jesus talks about and I'll mention that scripture this morning but I want you to know that we're going beyond that forgiveness to reconciliation how do you reconcile with one another? How do you come back together after there's hurt that's been happening? And so let's, let's get started, if you don't mind. And let me just read that first, first couple of verses again to get some context. Because what Jesus does is Jesus, in, in everything he does in the Sermon on the Mount, he's going to go back to the text. He's going to go back to the Scripture. And remember what we said was the Scripture, which Jesus said was the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms. And so we're going to go back to those, and we're going to see exactly where he's kind of drawing from to pull us into this passage of Scripture here. Okay, so let's look at this. First two verses, it says this. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. 
But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Now, there's some words there that I think if you did a word search, what you would find is that when you see the word murder, and when you see the word uh, angry, and when you see the word uh, even brother, those three words, those three words show up in a story in the Bible, one of the first stories in the Bible, with brothers, with anger, with murder. Yes, we're talking about Cain and Abel. We're talking about Cain and Abel. And l let me just give you that story really, really quick. It says this, but, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. You must rule over all of those feelings in your own heart and all those feelings in your own life. You have the ability to rule over that. Is what God was saying to Cain. Well, what does Cain do? Cain rises up and he kills his brother. He kills his brother. He murders Abel who had a better sacrifice. There was anger there, there was jealousy there, there was, uh, well, when you see Jesus here, there was a progression of that fleshly nature that he had in his life, that fleshly nature to do the spiritual nature. And you see these, these things even when we get angry with another person, when somebody does something against us, or when we feel that jealousy, when they have harmed us in some way, we get that anger. So here's the progression really quickly. It says this, first of all, anger. Anger is the first thing. It's that first reaction that we have. It's that first thing that happens when somebody says something to us, harms us, does something to us, and we that reaction is of it, it's just a normal reaction to have that this feeling that comes up and this reaction that comes up like i'm angry it's that emotion that gets and just makes us sometimes our heads <laughs> pop off and boil to the point that it was man that made me angry and so that's the first progression of our fleshly nature the second progression is the insult calling people names actually going and saying things to them that harm them because they did something to us i'm going to do something to them i'm going to react in that way that's the fleshly nature i've got to react i've got anger and now i'm going to express that anger to you or to somebody else and so i'm going to do that on social media i'm going to do that right to your face i don't care what i'm going to insult you and that is the behavior that you have that behavior of actually going and actually doing that some form some way the third thing is, the third thing is shame. In other words, I'm going to shame you and call you a fool. I'm going to call you a fool. In other words, you're not any good. You're not even, you shouldn't even be alive on this earth. You shouldn't even be here. And so it's that idea of, I want you gone. You just don't even deserve to be on this planet. And that's what shame does. It it's, it's actually gets very personal. It gets down to the core of their being, and you don't even think much about them anymore. And then the last thing is, and we hope it never comes to this, and this is the physical part, is harm. Where you physically harm someone, like Cain did, physically harm someone. And what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is saying is, no, 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 no. 
I don't even want you to get to those reactions. I don't even want you to have those reactions because that's what Cain did. Cain did that to his brother. We're going to be different than that. We're going to come at this in a different way. Now, like I said, one of the things that Jesus is going to talk about is forgiveness. And when we're in those situations, we need to forgive. But remember, remember, forgiveness and reconciliation are two totally different things. Okay, we're talking about reconciliation today, but forgiveness and reconciliation are two totally different things. Forgiveness is something I can do without the other individual doing it, or even being, I can do forgiveness myself. It's a one person thing. I can let it go. I can see the problem. I can see the hurt. I can reframe it in my mind. I can let it go. We'll talk about that later. But it's very important for us to forgive. Very important. The passage that we'll come back to this on is Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. Let me read that to you. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. It's very important. In fact, it's conditional. God says, and so let me ask you a question. Will God... Does God always, is forgiveness, the forgiveness we receive from God, conditional? Is it conditional? Is the forgiveness we receive from God conditional? Now, I know what 1 John 1 verse 7 says, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us from all sin. But there's that if, that if, that condition, if we walk in the light. If we walk in the light, his blood is going to continually cleanse us from all sin. It's a continual walk with him in doing what he asks us to do. And if I'm not going to forgive somebody, God says, if you forgive, and if you forgive another person, you see that right there. If you forgive others their trespass, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not, if you do not, your heavenly Father is not going to forgive you. So that's a very big part of all this and the reconciliation. Forgiveness starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with each one of us. It can start with me. I don't have to have the other party in order to forgive them. I don't have to come to some reconciliation in order for them to, for me to forgive them. But reconciliation is a huge part of what God wants us to do with one another. This is kingdom living. This is hard because I know some of you are hurt. I know some of you are deeply struggling with relationships. You're carrying a burdens that you've carried for years, years, and you haven't gotten these relationships right. You haven't forgiven, but you also haven't reconciled as well. And how important is this? How important is this? Look at Jesus' next words. He says this, If you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Did you get that? Brothers and sisters, Jesus just said, getting your relationships right with another is more important than your worship. Yes. Yes. In fact, he says, if your relationships aren't right, then your relationship with me 
is not in its proper place either. If this is not right, if your relationships with others are not right, not forgiven, not reconciled with one another, then how do you expect to come to me and expect my relationship with you to be one that is reconciled? And so we see this here. This is very important. And how many of us, how many of us are carrying these burdens and these relationships, these hurts and these pains because we haven't let them go, we haven't forgiven, and we haven't done the reconciliation that we need to do in order to get back into a right relationship with that other person. I'm not saying it's got to be the same relationship. No, I know, I know you've been hurt. I, I get that. I know you don't need to walk back into something, someone that has harmed you. I get that. I understand that. But reconciliation can still take place. We'll look at that in just a minute. So first, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer the gift. Let me let me read this. This is from Lewis Smead. He's a guy that wrote books on forgiveness. And he says this, reconciliation is an interpersonal process where you dialogue with the offender about what happened, exchange stories, express the hurt, listen for the remorse, and begin to reestablish trust. It is much more complicated, involved process that includes but moves beyond forgiveness. Forgiveness is solo, he says. Reconciliation is a joint venture. It takes one person to forgive. It takes two people to be reconciled. Okay, so let's talk about reconciliation. Reconciliation received should be our model of reconciliation given. Okay, reconciliation received should be our model of reconciliation given to others. We have received reconciliation from God, from Christ, through his sacrifice, so that we can be reconciled to God. Listen to this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ's atoning sacrifice. His atoning sacrifice, the forgiveness of God, has been given to us through Jesus Christ. We have been reconciled, put back into a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice and through his blood, which is offered to all those who call on him, who call on his name, who express their desire to be his child. We are the reconciled. Therefore, therefore, you and I, you and I have the hard duty, like Christ had the hard duty. We have the hard duty of being reconciled to one another. Now, let's talk about that path toward reconciliation real quick, if you don't mind, because I think it's very, very important. And I'm going to use a story from Genesis chapter 50 and Joseph. Now, we know Joseph and his dad, Jacob, 
Jacob had 12 sons. 12 sons did, did Jacob have. And those 12 sons, uh, one of them name was Joseph. Now remember the 10, the 10 brothers, the 10 brothers who don't like Joseph, coat of many colors and all that. I don't have time for that. But you understand the story. And so they get mad at Joseph. He comes out to look at them and, and check up on them because dad asked him to. <coughs> and what do they do? They get out there and they put him in a pit. They take his coat. Make him look like they murdered, he got killed by an animal. And then they do what? They sell him. They sell him. And he, so he goes to Potiphar's house, and then he ends up in jail, and then he ends up in Pharaoh, and then he ends up saving all of Pharaoh and all of Egypt. And, uh, and, and then the brothers come back and they buy food and they try to see it. And then Joseph does this little play with them and, and all of that. And you see all of this going on in what's, <laughs> what's happening there in this story. Now, when Joseph's brothers come back and they finally get there and Joseph finally unveils and says, I'm your brother Joseph, and everybody's like, oh, no. And so they're crying and stuff. And Joseph says this to them at that time in chapter 45. He said, and God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. Many survivors. You're the survivors. God meant this. You meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. He sent me before you to save you. Now, when dad died, and he dies, Jacob dies, and the brothers are like, oh no, now Jacob doesn't have dad here. And Joseph doesn't have dad here. And if Joseph doesn't have dad here, he may want to harm us. So let's go to him and ask and ask his intentions and see what he's going to do. So they all go, the ten brothers, and they go before Joseph. And when they ask and they say this to him, it says Joseph wept. He couldn't believe that they didn't get his intentions in the first place. And instead of, instead of getting mad, Joseph does three things to reconcile with his brothers. Three things that we can do. Here's the three things, okay? The first thing is this. Jesus left, uh, Joseph left all the writings and wrongs to God. In other words, he trusted in God's justice. He trusted in God's justice. Listen to this. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? Could Joseph have harmed his brothers? Could Joseph have taken them out and no one said a word? Absolutely. Could he have destroyed all their families? Absolutely he could do that. He could have done that, but he didn't. He said, that's not my place. God's the one as God is justice. God's the one who, who writes the wrong. God's the one who, who does those things. I'm not going to place myself, place myself in God's position of judging you. I'll let him do that, but I'm not going to do that, is what Joseph said. How many of us put ourselves in the place of God? We put ourselves on the throne, and we become God, and we... We push out justice to those that have harmed us, that have hurt us, that have that 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 make us angry sometimes. We we push out that own judgment and our own justice to them. And here's what I would recommend. Avoid placing yourself in God's chair. And what that means is, what that means is as 
<laughs> I've got to have faith and I've got to trust God that he is going to do that. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We sang that song, By Faith, this morning in our worship service. And I know you may not have, have joined us for worship, but it's a great song. Look up the acapella version uh, online on YouTube and listen to the song, By Faith. It's an incredible song. And we live by faith and not by sight. And so that's very, very important to understand that this takes faith for me to allow God to do, to do the justice, okay? I got to trust in his justice, and that's what Joseph did. Here's the second thing, the second thing. See God's providing hand in man's malice. See God's providing hand in man's malice. Trust in God's sovereignty. Trust that God has you. Trust that he is overseeing everything. Trust in his sovereignty over everything, that he's working it out. I don't have to, that he's, he's got this and I don't have to worry about it. And so when other people harm me, I'm going to trust that this is, God knows this, he's, he's sovereign, and he's got this. Okay, listen to this. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Now, that takes a different perspective. It takes a different perspective to see somebody that's harmed you, to see how I can turn that around and use that for good. It may take years. It may take many years. It may take just days to see, oh, this was bad, but look at everything that's come out because of that. And so the principle is, is take God's view and not man's view. In other words, have a different perspective on all this that's happened to you. See, we take man's view. We take everything that's happened to us and we just wanna, we just wanna go and we just wanna harm people and we just wanna get back at them. Back up, back up, back up. Trust in God's sovereignty. Trust in his justice, trust in his sovereignty. And here's the third thing, which is, is this is a difficult thing to do, but if you're going to reconcile with one another, if you're going to come together, if you're going to have these honest conversations, if you're going to talk about the hurt and talk about how each one of you see the things and have that conversation, because that's what reconciliation is. It's, it's coming together just like the brothers did and having those conversations and talking about that. The, the relationship can be different that relationship can be reconciled. It doesn't have to be the same as it was, but it morphs into something different. Different. And so, in doing that, here's the third thing. The third thing is, is repay not only with forgiveness, but with practical love. Oh, so important. Repay not only with forgiveness, but with practical love. See, I can forgive, I can let go, but there's a next step in reconciliation, and that's that practical love part. In other words, I have to trust in God's goodness. I have to trust in his love. I have to trust in him. Trust in him. Listen to this. So Joseph said, so do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph went beyond, above and beyond above and beyond what he had to do. He actually provided for his, their children. He provided for their families. Joseph said, I'm going to show you that I love you. 
I'm going to show you that I love you. You know, when we forgive somebody, there's little practical things that we can do. A note, a, a, a phone call, a letter, whatever, whatever it is, little touches of love that says, I've forgiven you. They may not forgive you. They may not even be reconciled to you. But those little practices of love and, and saying that I have let it go. I'm in a new way of thinking. I'm not going to be doing, I, I'm going to look at this differently than holding the anger, holding all the, 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 the insults and, and the calling people the shame and, and stuff like that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get beyond those feelings in my life. I'm going to get beyond that anger. I'm going to get beyond those words that I want to just call this individual. And I just want, I'll get beyond just thinking, I don't even want to see them again. They're just forgiveness, reconciliation. A part of that is this practical love of moving beyond the notes, the cards, the, 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 the little things that tell them that tell that other person, they may not even respond, but it tells the other person, I've moved beyond this hurt that has happened in our lives. And I hope that you can too. And that's a way to reconcile. It's a way to come back together. So you duplicate God's love. You practice this love. We practice God's goodness. We practice his love. And that practice is so important, like we talked about last week, about practicing righteousness. So there's the three steps. The three steps of don't put yourself in God's chair. Don't put yourself in God's chair. The second one, take God's view, have this different perspective. And the third one is duplicate God's love, that practice of, of doing that little touches of love that says, I've forgiven, I'm reconciled, I'm good, I'm good. And let me show you why I am good with that. And a lot of times we never do that. We never get to the point, and most of the time we may forgive, but this reconciliation, we never come back together. We just avoid. <laughs> we avoid. We, we, we get to that point where we say, I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to avoid you. I'm just going to avoid you. I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm just don't, I don't want to have anything to do. And we do that for a long time. And some of us, some of you, maybe, are holding on to that hurt, holding on to that pain. And your reconciliation with God is not in the right place because you're not in the right place with others. It starts with that forgiveness. Forgiveness is key. And then it starts with that reconciliation process of reconciling to one another. Now, the end of this is interesting too. We're talking about our brothers. We're talking about those people we know. We're talking about those individuals that we have relationships with. Well, what about those we don't have a relationship with? What if they do something to us? Well, Jesus addresses that, and we don't have really time to go into it, but let me read it for you and make a few comments. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Okay, we're talking about accuser here, and not a brother, an accuser. So whether it's someone you know, whether it's someone that you love, whether it's someone that's your family, whether it's someone that's 
a close friend that you have this this uh, trying to reconcile with, there's also this other world out there. This world is trying to harm you in some ways, and maybe. And they somebody does something to you, and they accuse you of something. And Jesus says, you get that relationship right, too. You, you do what you have to. You do what you have to. If you're going to court, you get that right before you go to court. Because why? Because they may hand you over to the judge. You may, you may be put in prison. And you're not going to get out of there. until Your job is to make all your relationships right with a brother or sister or with those that are coming against you from outside. Our role as, as in this kingdom is relationships need to be in a right relationship with God and with others, no matter who those relationships are with, with my brothers and sisters or with those I don't even know. So, how are your relationships? How's your heart? Because, see, that's where God's trying to get us to. He wants our hearts to be different, our hearts toward those that harm us and we know and love, and our hearts to be different toward those we don't know. I'm telling you, we're in a world right now where relationships are broken and strife is everywhere. And we think it's okay to yell and scream, to let people know that we have an opinion. And we insult them. We call them names. We wish they weren't on the face of the earth. This is not kingdom living. I implore you, if you're in a place right now where you're hurt and you haven't dealt with it, you haven't forgiven, there's no reconciliation that's gone on, and you're struggling with that, talk to someone. Talk to someone. There's godly counselors out there. There's, we'll be more than happy to sit down and talk to you. Our shepherds will be more than happy to sit down and talk to you. Talk to someone. Don't let this fester in your heart. Don't let it lie there. Please. It affects your relationship with God. If my relationships are not right here, they're not right with God as well. So all these relationships need to be right. And how do we do that? We love one another. As Christ has loved us, we love one another. I pray that you will be a person who will forgive and be reconciled as God, has recon as Christ has reconciled us to our Father. Blessings.